0: Welcome to the Conscious Coaches on the Mission, the podcast where we take super inspiring and profitable mindset, energetics, and online business strategy and get it into the hands of the most heart-centered people like you, creating mission-driven, soul-aligned businesses. I'm your host, Eugenia Oganova. I am a clairvoyant seven-figure business strategist, personal transformation expert, and a messaging energetics coach with over 20 years of experience. I'm the owner and CEO of TranscensionGate.com and the creator of the Conscious Future Method, I'm also a best-selling author of three books, and I've been featured in over 100 publications, specializing in helping spiritual coaches and healers sustainably scale into multiple six and seven figures without forcing themselves to work harder by weaving masculine business strategy to feminine quantum energetics and customizing with their unique soul design and mission. Twice per week, in my 20-minute conversations, I'll be celebrating one lucky conscious entrepreneur on a unique mission, their expertise, business growth, leadership, and contribution to human awakening. Stick around to the end of the show. In 20 minutes, I'll reveal how you can be my next guest. Let's do it. Our today's guest is Eve Lahijani. She is a nutritionist. She's a coach that helps her clients heal their relationship with food, pretty much. (laughs) That's the bottom line, I think, of what she does. She um, helps them change behaviors and understand why they do what they do. So welcome, Eve.
1: Thank you so much for having me here today. I'm very excited to share anything I can to be helpful.
0: Oh, I'm so glad that we get to talk about this. So let's start by you explaining a little bit what is it that you do and how did you get into this direction in your life? Like what led you to become a um, nutritionist coach?
1: Great question. What got me here were my own struggles with food. I was either always overeating, eating emotionally, feeling out of control with food and feeling very disconnected from my body and also from life. And I knew for myself that there had to be a better way. But all I knew to do to fix it was dieting. Um, But it was really ironic because the more I dieted and tried to, you know, try to figure it out with my head, the more lost I was. So I ended up going to grad school to get a master's in nutrition. And believe it or not, that's not really what helped because I only found more sophisticated ways of depriving myself and being restrictive. So it was only in my journey from, you know, books, coaches, classes, seminars, therapists, you know, um, getting certifications that really created a healing for me. And as I was healing, as I was investing in myself in this way and seeing the results I had always wanted, myself having peace with food, I learned a system of what it takes to heal the relationship with food. It wasn't as simple as eat this or not eat that. That's what I thought it was. And it's interesting because I know there are a lot of entrepreneurs listening. And for us, a lot of us are like, let me just do the right thing. Let me know the plan. You know, let me do what I think I'm supposed to do. And it turns out when it comes to healing the relationship with food, that has the opposite effect. And so in healing my own eating Really gave me the way the tools to really understand how to help other people. And it was also a promise I made to myself. I I never intended to do this, you know, um, undergraduate, I studied economics and business, I thought I was going to be a business person. But it's a promise I made that if somebody like me, who was so lost with food, so out of control and so obsessed, look, I I didn't even know what size I would be. I didn't know what size of dress I would end up wearing to the party. It was like really wild because I didn't know if I would be overeating then or being good at restrictive then. So it was so out of control that I thought if I could figure it out, I'll dedicate my life to helping other people. Then anybody could do it. You know what I mean? And I'll dedicate my life to help other people with it too, because- there's so much more to life than food and eating. And that's one of the things I really love about my work is when women, I work mostly with women, when they get past it and they're no longer obsessed with food, mad for what they ate, no longer planning or compensating because they ate too much, they, they're they even more involved in their lives. They're even more successful in their businesses, relationships, keeping their house the way it is, parenting, all all whatever matters to them, you know? So you asked a question <laughs> that like I have a lot of energy on because doing this work has so much meaning for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's um, you can just see how this thing you're saying, how people get kind of caught in the food uh what do you do with it like how much how little where do you stop where do you like what kind of food and then it starts to take over their lives so i know that for a lot of entrepreneurs especially women um when we are not getting the results we want in business food suddenly becomes a solution which of course it's not but that's where a lot of times women look for like well okay i did well in this event maybe I didn't get quite like what I wanted, but I did well, I showed up. So now I get to have something that I know I shouldn't be eating, but like to compensate for, you know, to give myself this pat on the back, like, okay, I had it. But then the next day there's regret and feeling bad. And if you do this two, three days in a row, there's of course a problem. And then there's the compensating by let's cut it all out and be super regimented, which then adds stress. So would you say that these are the types of pitfalls that you see is when the psychological, emotional component is directly affecting what happens with the eating process and you said type it
1: of food? So, you said it so well. That whether it's I did so great I deserve a cookie mm-hmm. or it really sucked it went so bad I deserve a cookie mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like or I'm so nervous it <laughs> yeah, doesn't really matter you deserve a cookie <laughs> yeah whatever you call it you know or even I don't know how it's gonna go I deserve a cookie it's just justifying you know using food to help somebody cope and it's not our fault it's not it's not their fault it's that because food does work it takes the edge off it you know it could be seen as uh you know. It is soothing. It does work on many levels. So what I help my clients with is expand their capacity to feel the ups and downs of life without having to use food. And this is a key feature in the work that I do that so far I haven't seen anybody else really touch that. They might say things, oh, if you need to eat emotionally, go for a walk or write in your journal. And for a lot of my clients, it's like that works in the opposite direction. You know, in <laughs> fact, that triggers me even more. And there's real reasons for that. So helping women really expand their capacity to feel the full range of what it is to be human, especially as an entrepreneur, where so much comes up, especially because a lot of people are also parents. Uh, sometimes they also have a side gig. You know, we, we wear a lot of hats. And there's a lot to feel wearing a lot of these hats. And so if we only have the capacity to feel this much, but our life is this big, we're in real trouble because we'll be using food. We'll be justifying using food to navigate those times. So
0: so true. (laughs) Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. That's why I feel like entrepreneurship and healing the relationship with food go hand in hand because it's really, I think entrepreneurship really gives people an opportunity to heal their relationship with so many things, with finances, with trusting themselves, with trusting the universe, so many putting themselves out there, taking risks, courage. And I really feel healing the relationship with food goes hand in hand with that.
0: Yeah, I've seen a lot where There is an expansion of the vision, like when a woman decides, like, okay, in my business, I'm going to step up, I'm going to up level, I'm going to, you know, activate this program on the next level, or I'm going to have on the next program instead of 10 people, 20 people or something like that, that usually goes with some sort of a food issue. This is like anytime there is an upgrade and expansion, of course, there's going to be some nervousness or discomfort, maybe a little bit or fear. So would you say that you've seen some connection with, well, like when somebody wants to make even a positive change in their life, then somehow the food ends up either put in the back burner or, you know, actually used negatively?
1: Absolutely. Any kind of expansion. I know we're we're focusing on entrepreneurs. So any of the risks that we take as an entrepreneur, as well as relationship, I just got engaged. I can't stop eating, you know, or, um, or I'm, I'm having kids or whatever it is, you know, um, I have so many clients now, what, (laughs) you know, I've seen that as well. Mm -hmm. So yeah, anything that's out of that comfort that we're used to feeling could lead, could, Trigger, emotional, compulsive, or binge eating, or whatever you want to call it. There are different names p- people have for it. Some people call it mouth hunger, emotional eating, compulsive eating. I like to share the names just because people might not resonate with emotional eating because they say, Hey, I'm not an emotional eater. I don't emotionally eat. It's just when such and such happens, I go and I eat to deal with it. You know, they don't. So I like to give a range of names so people could feel more validated in their experience.
0: Well, yeah, and I think it was another way too. Like I know for me, when I would be very busy and a lot of things happening, like when I used to teach and, you know, be in different hotels and conference rooms and all of that, I would forget to eat. Like a whole day would pass and I would be almost passing out. And I realize, oh, I actually didn't eat anything today except whatever my morning, you know, yogurt was. So uh, that's probably another <laughs> side of that is when you don't recognize the body. Um telling you something. So what would be your approach of helping women who are busy doing what they love and engaged in in their activities to develop a conscious relationship with their needs for food so that it's not regimented like, oh, I eat at this time specifically and that time because sometimes in entrepreneurship that just doesn't work. <laughs> but how do you incorporate your life and food in such a way that feels healthy for each person?
1: This is such a good question. And I love that you shared your story because so many of my clients, they said, I wish I could be one of those people who felt hunger, didn't feel my hunger or forgot to eat. I don't even understand how people do that. So, you know, and for some people that could be fine. And for other people, when they do forget to eat or they skip the meals, they end up getting too hungry. And that over hunger could lead to binging, feeling out of control, having cravings for a lot of people. So the way to deal with whether when you get stressed you use food and you eat it or you forget to eat at all and you're avoiding it you know what really helps and this is what I really love love helping people with is helping them bring them back into their bodies. And this is hard for, to do because when we're working and we're you know scheduled and we have meetings we live up here you know we we live from the neck up. And that's fine I get that. So it actually becomes a skill to incorporate the neck below, <laughs> you know, when this was the last time you need to go pee? You know, when have you been feeding yourself? Well, and it what's really incredible. What my clients really love is that their bodies have the answer. Many of my clients have forgotten how to listen to their bodies. You know, they even hold their pee. They really don't go because, you know, they're so frantic all day. They're working. They, they want to be productive, you know, um, so what's really amazing and what I really love is how forgiving and how accepting the body is and how the body wants to be listened to when you learn how to listen to it. It's giving us signals all day long. I mean, even if you check in right now, your body has something to tell you about the temperature, about the shoes you're wearing, about the, your eyelash extensions, if they're bothering you. I mean, so many things, you know, I say that jokingly, but you know, there's so many things that our body is giving us feedback on, including when to eat, including what to eat, including even how much to eat. So it's so powerful to give clients the gift of learning how to listen to themselves How to interpret that information? How to act on it? Because from then, then they're empowered. They don't need to look outside of themselves for what's the answer. What should I do? Who's going to tell me? You know, especially people who are in business. First of all, we don't like being told what to do. (laughs) You know, like (laughs)
0: that's why we're entrepreneurs.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we're entrepreneurs. We're intuitive. We're wise. We're feisty. We're fiery. We are empowered people. Otherwise, we'd be working for somebody, not to put that down, that is a blessing mm-hmm. in and of itself and has its own challenges. But when you make the choice for entrepreneurship, oftentimes it's because you have a firecracker in your butt, right? Like yeah,
0: we're, you're a, we're a rebel. In,
1: <laughs> you're a rebel and we want to live that way. And it's so empowering and it's so life-giving to finally learn how to do that with food. I can't think of anything as intimate as what you put in your body, right? Mm-hmm. And we put food in our body, not just once a day, but multiple times a day to keep ourselves alive and i love putting the power back in the hands of women especially powerful women or women who want to be powerful because finally they know when to eat how much to eat and even what to eat just by learning how to listen to the the wisdom of their body i'll say divine wisdom because i know you have a conscious group here and i could say mm-hmm. stuff like that so it becomes such a powerful thing and on top of that what also what i want to add in this is it's so cool when people start to distinguish between, wait a second, that wasn't physical hunger. That was that urge to eat. By being in touch with the body, what's so magical is that compulsive eating, that emotional eating, that binging and all that stuff, that heals too. Because again, when we have that urge, we have that desire, it's our body wanting our attention. Right now, the only way we know how to give it for a lot of people is by food. Mm-hmm. Okay, some of us also alcohol, social media, um, uh, uh, sex, gambling, um, shopping, all those other things. So when one comes to learn how to heal and tune into their body at that level, they no longer need to use substances to buffer out what's happening in life.
0: Yeah. And I would say that one of the main reasons I think that people have the mm, food issue is either self-worth component or they're not grounded enough. So they either eat to ground so they can like think clearly because they too all over the place and food brings that tryptophan that kind of like slows you down a bit. Or the other side when they don't feel like they somehow good enough or they failed at something or they feel like you know, some sort of a self-worth issue that then results in wanting to stuff that wound so that it doesn't hurt. Would you say that those are the main things you've seen or is there something else that's usually more prevalent?
1: You know what? That's such a good question. And it's such a big question. And and that is actually part of the healing is for each woman to find out for herself, how am I using food? this is so interesting. Am I using it to punish? Am I using it to ground? Am I using it to feel safe? Am I using it to numb out? This is too intense. There's so many reasons. And in different situations, different foods have different meaning and different power. Like something crunchy is going to do something very different than something creamy and smooth and vanilla flavored, right? (laughs) So I, I, they're, there's a individuality to this healing. And that's part of the the excitement and the power of it is when somebody found, finds out what they've been trying to get from food all along and finally learning how to give that to themselves.
0: Would you say that this process of giving to yourself has to do more with like listening to what your specific needs are versus let's say some... Mm, diet requirements kind of thing, because like, I know for me, sometimes I crave something salty and it's actually healthy for me to have it. But normally I would never have it. Sometimes I crave ice cream. And if I have just like, three spoons of it, I'm fine. And I got what I needed. So it's for me, at least, and I know for a lot of clients of mine, it's not about so much like what you should eat, what you shouldn't, it's how much of it. And are you actually eating it like in small proportion for when you need the frequency? So what what's your view on the, you know, proper food versus improper and uh, frequency of food?
1: You have such great insight. I could tell that you've done a lot of work with a lot of people and you know yourself <laughs> well, very well. So- what's really amazing is it really depends on the person because some people come to me malnourished, right? They're only eating one meal a day or they're skipping meals and they have long gaps between meals. You know, they just may like try to avoid food all day, doing some intermittent fasting, or they're doing something ketogenic where they're, you know, so depending for some people, you're right. Their cravings are substantiated and that they need that nutrition because they haven't eaten all day. You know, and sometimes w- when we figure this out, my clients are like relieved too, because they're like, thank goodness I'm allowed to eat, you know, because they've been depriving themselves so much. So you're so right. Sometimes it does come from an actual inadequacy in feeding themselves, especially because so many women, um, so, so many high achieving women want to look a certain way. And to look that way, they believe they have to go on a diet. So many high achieving women come in with trying to be perfect. I'm putting that in air quotes, perfect with their food, rigid with their food. And oftentimes they're not even giving themselves enough. So sometimes their cravings are driven by deprivation, not having enough nutrition. Once we make sure that the client is getting enough nutrition and they're eating regularly throughout the day only then can we determine is what's happening at the end of the day cuz oftentimes this emotional eating binge eating or mysterious eating is happening towards the end of the day only then can we find out is that really emotional or is that because that was just your first meal all day and of course you needed to eat the whole kitchen you know like so so it depends on the person but that that was such a great thing that you picked up on really 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 was
0: yeah. And I think a lot of times people eat um, incorrectly because they not having they don't have any plan. They just kind of like, okay, now I'm hungry and whatever's in the fridge. And if whatever's in the fridge was because their children, their husband, there's whatever that food that probably shouldn't be, <laughs> uh, you know, that becomes the food versus having a conscious understanding of what you actually need to have for yourself, you know, and just buy the right food, essentially. Would you agree yeah. with that?
1: Absolutely, and you know, I call it eating autonomy. What you're talking about, it seems like oftentimes the kitchen is arranged for every family member and the dog, except for the except for the woman in charge, in charge or whatever, however Mm -hmm. you identify, right? Mm -hmm. And it's such an act of self-love and self-nurturing is to also have your preferences, your desires reflected in the refrigerator and in the pantry and in the freezer and all of that. So you're so right that oftentimes not only are people not prepared, they don't have the foods that they prefer to be eating and putting in their body. They don't give themselves the right to have the yogurt and granola and the frozen berries. You know, they just have what they think the kids would want to have or what their husband prefers to eat. So absolutely not being prepared is definitely a big part of that.
0: Yeah. And another thing I think is the scarcity and abundance balancing, because when we in business want to expand, we naturally do all this in their work on being in abundance energy. And there are tons of like their coaches, their classes, their every, like I work with my clients on keeping them in abundance frequency so that they know that everything is possible, because that's part of like how you have good results in business is You have to be in a good energy about it. But then when somebody tries to make sure that their body is in the right place, a lot of times if they limit what they eat or if they only eat whatever they think they should or whatever somebody told them that they should, um, that's actually scarcity because it reads us, I can't have something. And those two things are in, um, contradiction to each other because here she's trying to build her business with all this beautiful abundance energy for herself and her clients and change the world and be the leader. And on the other side, she's kind of like in self-sacrifice or martyr mode because she's in scarcity of, I can't have this, I can't have this, I can only have this much. So what would you say on that dilemma?
1: It is such a dilemma. And that scarcity is actually traumatizing. Our brain, our body, our nervous system gets traumatized by not having access to what feels like adequate food. By the way, sometimes they're eating adequate food, but because they have this rigidity about them or these certain rules, it always feels scarce. And so what you're picking up on, that scarcity mentality with food actually is an important healing that my clients go through and getting to, to the other side of that. So its I, I love the connection that you're making with business because you know that really, it does dovetail so nicely together. If you're not giving yourself a fundamental need that keeps you alive, such as food, what message are you sending to your brain, your body, your nervous system, your cells, you know, your soul, if you're not giving yourself adequate food that the body needs. So it's a real healing when somebody learns how to come back and include those foods. Sometimes you'll make the mistake and they go and they have every food they ever thought they ever wanted. And, you know, they kind of go on a bender. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Learning how to consciously legalize foods and re-include those once forbidden foods back into the palate, back into the uh, intake or diet is a really important healing that takes such sensitivity, such love and such care. You know, some people you could say, yeah, go have an ice cream and it will be fine. Some people you say, go have an ice cream and that could trigger so much. It really is a deep healing when you want to heal the scarcity people may give themselves around food.
0: Absolutely. And that's very important. And one of the things that, as you were saying, I was thinking about um, weight loss. I mean, everybody's always like, okay, nobody wants to usually weight gain. They won't lose weight. And let's just say we're all conscious women here. So we're not talking about like you have to be certain image, whatever everybody is fine, but you still want to be healthy within the body shape. <laughs> so it's not about being a thin, thin size zero. It's about just being whatever's healthy for you. So se- having said that, uh, what would you say to somebody who like I know tons of my clients are like this? They are generally they like want to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> they're not at the place where they need to lose 200 pounds, but they are the place where they eating healthy, they eating correct food. They really trying to do all these lovely things you were saying about being conscious with what their body needs and letting themselves have a little bit when they craving it and, you know, making sure that they not overeating what they shouldn't all of that. And at that place, like what does losing extra little bit to really be healthy looks like? Because if you deprive yourself, then now you're in scarcity mode and then most of them usually get angry (laughs) because that's like the body says, whoa, I don't have enough energy to do what you're asking me to do in business. So how would you balance that without entering scarcity?
1: Such a great question because says who that they need to lose those 10 or 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes women are comparing themselves are looking at a standard that's not even real. It's photoshopped, it's fabricated, it's fake. And they're putting that standard on themselves. So obviously that I need to lose these extra five or 10 pounds is not even substantiated. In fact, causes more harm mentally, emotionally, spiritually, that thinking we have to be fixed or changed to be acceptable is more problematic than what we feel are the extra pounds. So I want to add in says who, you know, um, again, especially for high striving women, as I said earlier, is we put ourselves to the, the highest standards, the ideals, the images that society has given us. But what's really unfortunate and sad is those images that we've been fed our whole lives have been fake. They've been fabricated. They're not even real. Go, go to any locker room at a gym. Those are healthy women. They're they're engaged in physical activity. And compare their bodies to what you see on a magazine or what you see on Instagram. They look very different. Look at real athletes' bodies. They look nothing like what we think we should look. They look nothing like the what the media is telling us we should look like. So there's a real disparity of what real health truly is. A healthy woman is somebody who... who, um, accepts her body, you know, is working to, you know, feed it well, move it, right. Give it, you know, multivitamins, go to the dentist, do whatever you feel is wonderful. But when we start to gauge if we're healthy based on what we're looking like, that's when we know we've fallen into a trap. So working on body image is a really important aspect of healing one's relationship with food. Because those extra ten or fifteen pounds that we tell ourselves that we nag ourselves about may not even be real, meaning that's just a standard that has been fake, uh, made up that we're holding ourselves against. And what I really love about this new generation, we you know we complain about the millennials. So many people complain about the millennials. I love them because they come with such an acceptance of gender identity, body shape and size, um, culture, religion, nationality, so much, so much they come with. And I think this is one part of it that they're getting right, is that all sizes are beautiful, all shapes are beautiful. And so part of healing the relationship with food um, is also healing the relationship with our own bodies. We have our own genetics. We have our own culture. We have our own food preferences. Because okay, if you can't achieve that body, but it means you never have chips, or if you see ice cream, you need to leave the room and cry. Hey, there's a real problem (laughs) going on, you know. And I've seen that. I have clients who are models or um, people who are in the industry. I live in Los Angeles, so I see a lot of that. And okay, if that's what it takes for you to have that certain look, well, what is what is health really? You know, so I love that you brought that up. And I really hope women who are listening to this um, realize that part of a healthy relationship with food and healing the relationship you have with food is not just what you're eating and how you're eating and how much you eat. It's also the relationship you have with your body and accepting it.
0: Oh, that is so important. I absolutely agree with you. And I think that the whole creation in our lives, from relationships to just health and of course money, you know, wealth, attraction, all of that can only happen if you are anchored authentically in who you are, which is all the stuff you were just talking about, but the body acceptance is definitely a big part of it. So what would you say is your superpower?
1: Oh, my superpower is really helping women trust themselves helping them have the courage to do what their body tells them to do. Not just anything, by the way. I'm not just saying, yeah, go eat everything all day, every day. (laughs) but really honing in on their intuition when it comes to food and eating. And it's so profound that it, it goes into other areas of their lives. They start trusting themselves with relationships, with work, with you know um, other areas that they never felt strong in. They start becoming more self-expressed because they're trusting themselves with food. It's so powerful. It's so beautiful.
0: Oh, that is so true. That like the relationship with themselves and food, of course, is part of it. That's just part of the creation, right? So this is conscious coaches on a mission. So what is your mission <laughs> in life? I, like in why, same, why are you on this earth?
1: <laughs> my, my, the re- For many reasons. One of them being, <laughs> I love helping women heal the relationship with food, trust their bodies, trust themselves and move on with their lives. Mm-hmm. You know, many women feel like it's a life sentence. We're destined to struggle with food and eating because Mm -hmm. everybody else does, because they always have. And really, what I want for them to hear is that you don't have to struggle with food. There is healing, and it doesn't even have to take that long. There's a certain set of skills you need to learn, and then you move on with it.
0: Awesome. So, what kind of clients do you work with? Like, who are typically the people that will come into your world?
1: Usually, they're professional women of all kinds. I see entrepreneurs, I see physicians, I see people who are in the acting industry. I see lawyer. It's so, so many people, usually professional, high achieving women who really love their lives and who have accomplished a lot But the one thing that they just can't get handled is their food. They've tried a lot of things, been on a lot of diets, and they're at a loss that they know if they go on one more diet, they're going to pull their hair out because, you know, just the thought of restriction is triggering. And so for for people who are really ready to leave the dieting, leave the rules coming from the outside. And move into a place where they could finally heal their relationship with food once and for all, that they could trust themselves with food in any situation, even the holidays, even buffets, even the best restaurants, that they still know that they could trust themselves with
0: eating. Oh, this is so needed in the world today. <laughs> that approach is absolutely necessary because we're definitely going away from the fake culture of having to look a certain way into more of being authentically who we are. And that's exactly what is needed. So thank you so much, Eve. Um, You said you have a gift that you can offer the audience.
1: I'm so excited to offer this. It's a PDF download. It's called Stop Overeating Now. It's 10 reasons why people tend to overeat. So you can know the most, the top reasons why people overeat and the 10 ways to address that. So you could be prepared if, so you know what to do if you overeat
0: oh, this is so uh, like really practical <laughs> approach to like, okay, go through the list, find out what is it? Is this yours? And this is how you might be able to adjust that for yourself in kindness. So thank you so much, Eve, for being here. So this is Eve Lahijani. You can find her on vitamineve.com and all the links are in description of the video and in the show notes. So check out her gift and check out what she does. Maybe she is the coach for you. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun.
0: Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of Conscious Coaches on a Mission. If you are a successful coach, mentor, or a healer who would like to be a guest on my podcast, please visit TranscensionGate.com slash podcast. Are you the type of person who loves to help? If you got something out of this interview, I would love you to share this episode on a social media. Just take a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. Would love for you to shout us out on Facebook and Instagram at Eugenia Oganova. If you know someone who would be a great guest, tag them on the social media and let them know about the show. And please include the hashtag Conscious Coaches on a Mission. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. I'm regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure that you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and the guests. It means a lot. Want to know more? Go to my website, TranscensionGate.com, to advance your consciousness and scale your business in a sustainable way using Wealth Energetics and Soul Design. And join my Facebook group called High Ticket Clients Energetics for Spiritual Coaches. Thank you so much for being here, and I'll see you next time.